and we learned to thrive in life. And we got a special guest today. Uh, he comes from the Hampton Roads. You know, uh, he is he is really um, someone that I admire because I've seen him come up from nothing over the last couple of years to like just kill it in production. And he's doing it in a profitable way. You know, I believe, you know, that who you surround yourself with matters. And if you want to level up your career, you should get around people that think different than you and are doing big things. So I want to welcome my guest, Hang in. Uh, he's in Hampton Roads, a.k.a. Virginia Beach. Um, Yara is a special treat because he is he's a killer when it comes to getting after it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for the intro, Matt. Um, appreciate you having me on as well. Uh, you're definitely one person I look up to, too, because I've known you since you were in the same program together. So it's uh, definitely seeing your growth um, from agent to now broker. So congrats to all the success, man. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, I'm over here in Hampton Roads, uh, pretty much everyone knows Virginia Beach, so Virginia Beach area. Um, I'm, a, I'm a single agent, just uh, starting off my team aspect pretty much as of right now. Um, but so I've, I got into the industry uh, full-time August 2019. So altogether full-time, I, I was a part-time agent in New York for about like four to six months, did like two deals there, and then I decided to move down here to Virginia. Um, I didn't really know anyone here in Virginia, except for my stepbrother at the time. So no sphere of influence whatsoever. Um, and I moved down here to Virginia and I did the craziest thing that I don't recommend anyone to ever do. Um, so I love the area. You know, I discovered Virginia through the Marine Corps. Um, and what I did was I essentially bought a house down here with my W-2 income that I had over in New York. Uh, I was in the IT industry before this. So I was in the IT industry for about five and a half years. Um, you know, just not making much money, really. So I, once I discovered real estate and the opportunity in real estate, I was like, all right, this is something that I could bet on myself and get an unlimited amount of income. And I trust myself to be able to work hard, right? So I bought a house down here in Virginia on my W-2. And as soon as we closed on the home, I pretty much gave my two weeks notice about <laughs> the job. Um, and then I went, I moved down here to Virginia, went all in on real estate. So I moved in, I moved down here to Virginia, April, 2019, got my full-time, got my license, August, 2019. And when I even started prospecting before I got licensed, actually, I did circle prospecting for a little while. Um, but yeah, now fast forward, you know, my first year um, as a single agent, no SOI whatsoever, I uh, did 33 deals. Uh, I think it was 10 something million. Um, and second year finished off with 78 deals, uh, about 20.9 million. Nice, nice. Um, Yep, so that's that's where I'm at now, 2022, right? I'm trying to go after that 100. So what I what I noticed, that, and this is what I see from people that have success and people that don't have success, is that you came down here and there was no plan B. Um, <laughs> you know, as you say, like, we got to burn the boats. You had no choice but to do the things yeah. um, that people don't want to do that will make you successful. You talked about even circle prospecting. Before you even got down here, um, I know – 99% of agents won't even circle prospect now while they're here, let alone before they moved somewhere to try to build a pipeline. Um, yeah. So you went from 10 to 20 million. Um, how, how's the kind of breakup on that buyer sellers and uh, kind of where's your, the deal flow coming from? Yeah. So 
my uh, my business is definitely more listing heavy. I would say it's probably in the range of 75 to 85% listing and the rest is buyers. Nice. Um, my first year, because, you know, we're, my first year pretty much, what we, what we were coaches, not to work buyers at all, yep. really. So my first year, I didn't really work any buyers except for the sellers that were also my buyers. So that year, I think it was like 27 were seller and the rest were, you know, like five were pretty much like buyers. Uh, my second year, I actually changed that mindset a little bit and I started working more buyers as well. Um, the reason for that is because I was speaking to a top buyer agent in my area and he does a ton of buyers himself. And his main thing was like, yes, like they're buyers now, but they turn into sellers three, four years down the road. So, and his, I, I started seeing what he was talking about, where he was essentially getting listings from his buyers from three, four years ago. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm in this, you know, I want to eventually retire by 35. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm only 20, 28 at the time. Like I got some time. Three years from now, I would love all the listings to just come from me from my past buyers. Yep. So I started tackling the buyer side as well. Um, but yeah, it's like 75, 80 sellers and the rest are buyers. So that's pretty that So, so what I know from to get listings, you have to uh, be dedicated and actually have a process to get listings. Um, like consistently, if you're doing that many listings, tell us a little bit about kind of like your process on what you do, your day-to-day, -day, your daily disciplines that you got to do to yeah. generate business. Um, cause yeah. I assume that you're generating, you're not just buying business. No, I am not. I actually don't pay for any leads. Um, so I have a Zillow premier badge on my, on my name, but it's because I bought a zip code that's $2 just so I can have that badge. <laughs> Um, cause I don't know if you ever try getting support from Zillow, if you're not a premier agent. Okay. So yeah. So if you try getting support from Zillow and you're not a premier agent, you're pretty much dead to them. Yep. So I got that. I spent that $2 just to have that badge. Um, but yeah, I don't buy any leads. Um, majority of my business comes from prospecting. Um, my first year consisted of pretty much a ton of Fizbos. Um, but then, you know, the market changed a little bit. And, uh, my second year was a combination of Fizbos, expireds absentee leads and repeat customers, yep. um, which were, you know, pe uh, people that were coming back from good service essentially yep. uh, and referrals. So that's what my business consists of. Um, you know, I I'm obviously not a perfect human being, um, you know, the schedule, the perfect schedule to get a hundred deals. I know it, but I just can't, you know, like I'm not, I make mistakes. So, you know, the perfect schedule, literally I try to get up um, right now. I'm pretty consistent with it, but I get up usually five o'clock workout, um, and right now, one of my goals is to read these three books I got to get through next three months. So I'm reading some of the books while I'm riding on a bike, really, on a stationary bike. Uh, and then I usually get into the office uh, by 7.15. And from there, I'm pulling up numbers for expires, right? And then I'm down the expired listings by 8 o'clock. Um, usually by 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'm calling FISBOs, depending on what FISBOs may have hit. Um, and then from there, 9 to 9.30, I'm calling for rent by owners. Um, and at 9.30 to 10 in between, I'm going through any old expires, FISBOs as well. 10 o'clock comes, I'm down these absentee, absentee leads or a list that I pretty much, you know, that I procured yep. um, of sellers. Um, and from 10 to 11, it's calling that list or absentees. 11 to 12, follow-up phone calls for leads that I generated in the past. 12 to 1, lunch. Uh, 1 to one to six o'clock is my pretty much you know showing time for listing appointments, uh, showing buyers, whatnot, um, and that's that's pretty much it. It's, it's pretty simple, boring, 
Um, nobody likes to do it because it's boring, um, but, you know, everyone wants to make a lot of money. So I'm, I don't know why no one really does it. Yep. Well, you know, I think no one does it because uh, most people that get into real estate, this is just my belief, is that they've probably got a little bit of entrepreneur in them. You know, then they got that. And most entrepreneurs I know, especially especially the ones that are full entrepreneurs, have like the shiny object syndrome where they're, you know, they're like a, you know, a freaking dog that's chasing squirrels all the time, you know, because we know this works, but it, we know we got to put energy and effort into it. And then, you know, and, you know, another thing I also believe that we're all looking from some way down the line is to create passive income or yeah. some kind of stream of income that doesn't take all of our effort because of because we have that entrepreneur in us we know that's our end goal is to create uh, financial freedom in our lives and then that's i think that's what causes us to look at all these other things and, and to lose focus on what we really really want like you just said you want to retire at 35 um i love that man that's that's i'm that i, I want to retire by 45 um and that is my uh clarity on what i i, I see is crystal clear is what i want um so and it took me a long time to get clear on that and by getting clear on that now every decision i look at i say is this going to get me closer to my end goal which is to be retired at 45 um and not just be retired but have financial freedom where i get to pick and choose yeah. what i want to do when yeah. i want to do it, who i want to do it with yeah that's, that's my definition. you know yeah I'm, yeah i get to choose i'll still be doing stuff but yeah. if necessary, I might not be doing at the same level I am now. I get to choose what I want to do. Same so, thing for me, you know, man. Getting clear on that um, helped me realize uh, and get rid of like all these shiny objects. And I could be doing this and that and that, you know, and it kind of helped me get clear on um, the path that I wanted to go down and, and stop chasing squirrels every direction. Every time I kind of got bored of making the calls, you know, going the previews. Uh, listing appointments, showing buyers, uh, having conversations with people, you know, your normal conversation, because generally you have the same conversation over and over and over. And it kind of, it gets mundane and kind of boring at times. Um, and you kind of lose that thrill of, of, of hunting and generating business and then the process in the back end and everything else. So, you know, I kind of let off with something that I believe in you know, and if you want to go down the passive income and the retirement, I can talk about that all day. We can go yeah. down that, but, you know, tell us something that you, you believe in that strongly about. Yeah. So I, I agree with you on that aspect too. Um, you know, my definition too for, for 35 retirement is really just being able to pick and choose what I want to do at mm -hmm. that point in time. Cause I, I'm the type of person that I don't think that I'll be able to sit on my couch from 35 to, you know, 90 years old, whatever it is. Right. So I'll probably tackle another project in life that I want to achieve. Um, so like for belief as in what, like in regards to um, business or like personal life, be anything, anything that you want, you know? Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know. I think, you know, I think the really um, one thing that I, you know, that's changed in me uh, this past year, Matt, I, I like to, to, to go back to what you're saying in regards to the shiny object syndrome. Um, you know, my first two years when I got into real estate, I, I didn't really do anything like this, like what we're doing right now, doing podcasts, or even me, what I'm doing now is coaching agents, right? Like I didn't really tackle that my first two years because I, I was really focused in on production and I still am focused, but I've gotten to the point now, I think in regards to where, like you said, the conversation is almost the same almost every single time. But it's like now I'm kind of getting comfortable to the point where I can call an expired listing 
and not be struck, like worried about what to say if, you know, like what this person says to me next, right? So like, that's one thing that's helped me out. So like my, right now, what I'm trying to do is really just show others out there what's possible when you truly put your mind to it, right? Because I think with real estate, um, there's the, the failure rate is so high in the industry, right? But uh, you know, one, because they don't have the right guidance. Um, and, but two, really, I think people are everywhere when they first get into the industry. I know that it happened to me at least. Um, and luckily I stumbled along, along the right person that pretty much told me to cut everything out, right? And I cut everything out my first two year. And um, I just want to show others out there that anything is achievable if you truly put your mind to it, right? Like I'm not saying I'm going to go out there and become NBA basketball player, like, you know, like, but like if for things that are actually out there, like especially real estate wise, what I'm coming to find out as I speak to other top agents that are doing hundreds of deals, 200 deals, 300, it's about the mindset, like yeah. at the end of the day, right? Like one of the things that I was chatting with you before we got on here, like I finished off last year with 78, but I look back at it and throughout that year, it was mayhem, but a lot of the mayhem was preventable. Um, and as well, I look back at it, my last year, I took my foot off the gas at a certain point when I started getting complacent, right? Like in the Marine Corps, complacency kills. Like that's what, what I was always taught. And that's one thing that I'm keeping in my head for this year. When I start getting, you know, 13, 17 pendings and then 11 active listings, let me not get complacent uh, and keep pushing forward because like, I don't, you know, this, this job that we do on a daily basis, like it's born, like tedious, boring, yep. mundane, but it pays really well. Yep. Right. So like, it's where you kind of have to just, sometimes you have to sacrifice, right? Like I'm, I'm sacrificing me, like literally just, and it's also about having the right people around you, yep. um, like other people that can push you as well. Right. So like, that's one thing that I've, I've tried doing this year as I'm coaching more agents, right. Like having that good environment where everyone is motivated pushing each other and if someone's not there we call them out like hey where you're at like yep. you know like that's so um yeah I, I, my beliefs i think you just need to get around the right people work hard and work efficiently that's one of the that's some of the stuff that i'm working on this year is how can i work more efficiently um so this way i don't experience the same feelings that i felt last year yep. while everything was going you know mayhem essentially yep. so, well i mean yeah. i think you hit it like I mean, you think the the failure rate's what 87, 88 percent? Yeah, 87. Yeah, in the high 80s, you know, percent of failure rate in agents is there's two things. When they come in, there's all these things that you can be doing and you, or you could do, but then you get uh, priority confusion. You don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, the second thing is you come in, uh, everyone comes into real estate. You ask them why they got in real estate. It's because uh, the flexibility. I wanted flexibility of, yeah. hours and the freedom to kind of do what pick and choose i and, got into that for this too <laughs> yeah well and there, and you, there's no accountability now you lost accountability um swear because let's say people you you were working at mcdonald's you work at mcdonald's for 10 bucks an hour flipping burgers okay yeah. it's amazing how people can get up drive to mcdonald's be on work on time to flip burgers for ten dollars an hour but when it comes to real estate this is their own business the most important business in their life they can't even they can't even find find a way to get to work on a set schedule on time when there's the earning potential is unlimited. Yeah, it, it just it blows my mind to see, and it's because of that accountability. If they don't show up at McDonald's, they get fired. Yeah, they don't show up, you know, in the real estate business, 
it really they don't see anything for till 60 90 days from now and they yeah. wonder why they're not successful um, yeah. there's no daily routine there's nothing uh, going yeah. on and there's no accountability you know um, yeah. you know because we're all independent contracts at the end of the day um so it doesn't really you know you know the, you know your broker's just going to replace you with someone else you know that you know yeah. in their eyes uh, if you're on a team you know they're going to do the same thing um, you know, they're going to get rid of you if you're wasting their money. If they're buying leads and, and, and paying for all this stuff and you can't show up uh, and be productive, then they're going to get rid of you. So I think a lot of it is that we want, you know, as humans, we want to, the freedom and not to have the accountability to be our own business, you know, and it might be some of our ego, but without that accountability, we'll never be successful. Um, yeah. That's what we want. You know, that's why I like coaching and mentorship yeah. and getting around people that, that, that drive you forward to see what's really, really possible. That's And if there are a level or two levels or three levels above you, you say, man, that's possible. You know, I can do it if they can do it. That guy's not no more smarter than me. Um, I can do that. And what's possible, all I got to do is do this, get set to this routine and do this. And then when them things start happening, you know, for me at least, as things start happening, I started seeing different things. Like in the beginning, it was just how do I get a listing, you know? Yeah. Or how do I even get a showing? Like, how do I go show a house? You know, and then become, how do I get a listing? You know, and then comes, okay, well now how do I do this and this? And then as I gradually keep moving and moving, I start thinking at a bigger level and like, well, how can I do this now? And then now I can see this and this and this at different times in my journey. Um, I think a lot of people, they just can't get past, you know, their own self to take action, enough action on a consistent basis. And, and be and be accountable to something yeah. for a long enough time for it to compound to get results. Yeah, and it, it's so true, Matt. Um, you know, one of the things too that um, accountability is huge. We actually, in my group, we hold each other accountable. Um, and how we do that is pretty much like this morning. If I didn't send, uh, I didn't send my accountability partner a picture of me literally working out uh, in the gym by five ten. I owe them fifty bucks for the day, yeah. right? And the same thing that he does for me. Um, And we have other people holding each other accountable as well. And it it makes such a huge difference. Um, And it's so crazy. Like, uh, you know, just uh, that one little simple thing makes such a big difference in regards to the accountability aspect. You know, just, and it's tough too, because like you said, people go to, you know, work at McDonald's for a time. Like I had one one agent that I I, uh, brought on um, he worked at, you know, post office. So, you know, the post office, W-2, right? And he, he just finding out his background, you would think that, you know, they've never made money, right? And I, I came from like that position. So I brought him on and just simply seeing like, you know, one of the conversations I've had to have with the agent, it's like, look, like this is like, it's I like you not coming in this morning because you know, you felt off this morning is like completely unacceptable. I'm like, that's like you go into post office and you're not sick. You're not saying you're sick. You're literally saying, I, I just don't feel like coming in today. How would, how would they handle that? And, you know, obviously that relationship didn't work out, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. But one of the things, Matt, that I've seen in this industry too, um, that I personally have went through and luckily I was able to catch it and get myself out of it. Um, and yeah, the, the stages in business is so crazy when you look back at it, um, mm-hmm. on like, you know, on a bird's eye view, 
Like I went through everything that you talked about. Like every every agent, especially coaches, they know exactly that everyone has went through that. To first start off, how do I get this listing? Yep. And then next thing you know, how do I how do I get how do I take on listings without it blowing up my phone nonstop? Yep. And then it goes to how do I do this right? Like it, it's each stages. I'm still in the stages. I'm in the stages right now of how can I start uh, leveraging more you know other people's time. Yep. So this way, I am not going nuts over here, and I could get that hundred deals right. Um, but um, what I want to my point, what I wanted to talk about was what I see agents also happen is the hardest part in this business is getting that momentum going. Yep. And this is what I mean by it's happened to me. At least I've taken my foot off the gas when the momentum has gotten going. And the reality is what I've learned now from like the top coaches out there is like you should if you do it right, you should only. A momentum stage once, yep. right? And and what I mean by that is like I'm still getting to that stage again where I'm trying to get that ton of momentum where I'm currently, you know, where I'm getting literally ten to fifteen active listings and I'm still prospecting. Yep. This yep. this is where I've messed up in the past where I've had a good amount of active listings pendings. Shit gets wild, um, and it's because I didn't have the right systems in place, yep. and I and I took my foot off the gas, right? And what I've, a lot of agents also fall victim to where they get the momentum going and then they take their foot off the gas. And next thing you know, they realize how hard it is to get that momentum going again. And that's when they, what I've seen, like it's happened to another agent I know, unfortunately, that literally it took them about eight plus months to get the momentum going. And once we got the momentum going, he's, you know, he, he finished off the year, like his first year with like 80 something thousand dollars GCI, which is great. Or first, you know, for literally first year agent, and the most he ever made before was like twenty something thousand dollars at W two, but all that money and as well all that success, he took his foot off the gas, and I and I'm pretty sure what might have happened. I don't really uh, communicate with him, but I'm pretty sure what happened was he took his foot off the gas and saw how much how much hard how how hard it is to get that momentum going again, and just either called it quits altogether. Um, and it's it's just a limiting belief. It's yeah. happened to me three times, and I know where I where I fucked up personally, yeah. and I'm not going to let that ever happen again. So like, and it's so crazy when you get to a certain point. I'm at the point now where I know the business will come. Like you know, it's not like it's it's literally because as a new agent, what's so tough is that limiting belief that it's impossible to get the business out there. And it sucks, like, especially for that agent that what I'm talking about, where he's probably calling it quits now, is that realistically, dude, it's, it's the business is out there, get that momentum going again. And once you do, don't take your foot off the gas, continue prospecting, because that's the time where you should be able to now, instead of prospecting three, four hours a day, only prospect one to two hours a day, and that's more than enough. Yep. But where agents screw up, is like me, what I've done is the momentum gets going and I don't prospect at all. Yep. I'm just I'm just servicing my existing deals, making sure that nothing's hitting the fan and I just completely take my foot off the gas with prospecting, right? And now I'm at the point where I know like I'm prospecting because as I was telling you before, it took me a while. The hiring process for me took about two and a half months. So it took time away from my production. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I still want to spend time with my wife at home and whatnot. So I didn't, you know, I, I took time off too in regards to that, but um, I took my time off and now I'm going back at where I'm literally, I've been prospecting straight for at least three hours a day since the end of December, I would say. Um, but realistically now I'm cranking it up even more now that I've got the full-time admin 
And I know the business is going to come. Like, I, I don't have that limiting belief anymore that where am I going to get this listing from or whatnot, right? And what I highly encourage agents out there that's listening to, that has this limiting belief to do this, folder called Lost in my CRM. And it is right now for last year, 2021, it was up to 248. There was mine, like for me, enough to know that there's 248 deals that could have been mine, but I fucked up, right? Like, so like any agents out there that thinks that the, the business is out there, just simply do something like that. And you'll see there's more than enough opportunities. And I just cleaned up my database this weekend as well of my mess that I created my first two years. And there was a, like 3000 something leads that are no longer in my database. And I could have kept them there, but I know I want like, I want these leads that I've got a relationship with moving forward. Like this literally what I'm trying to do is provide value to everyone in my database. Yep. The people in my database before the 3000 leads, I wasn't providing any value to them. It's pointless of me having them even in there because now I can't go through the legitimate people that I am providing value to in time enough. Yep. And when I did that database cleanup in there alone was 300 something plus deals that I lost. And these are all sellers that eventually that told me, my first year when I started prospecting, when I didn't use a CRM, yeah. um, highly encourage you guys use a CRM. I didn't use a CRM my first year and it created mayhem for me. Um, those people that told me that they'll eventually sell ended up selling. Mm -hmm. And this is one thing that is very hard to see until it happens to you. And this is where the mindset comes into play because the agents that are, that are trying to get their first deal or even just to get to 10, you know, they close their first deal trying to get to 10 deals, right? They're at the point where, like, does this really work? It's because they haven't seen it yet. They haven't seen how many deals are actually out there being closed on a daily basis by other agents that've got zero sales experience. Yep. Literally just a matter of they've, they've nurtured the sellers to where, because it's the relationship, right? Uh, but also it comes down to skills. Yep. And if you follow, if you provide enough value to the clients out there, and if you do the right thing, meaning like asking, pretty much getting the sellers or buyers to also commit to you, they're not going to want to commit to other agents. Yep. And the simplest way, Matt, that I could put it for agents out there that may be listening and prospecting as well, um, when you're prospecting, what you need to think about is it's great and all if you get the email, but if you don't ask the motivation questions, like why someone is selling, what's bringing them there? Is there a dollar amount that you're looking for? Right. There's like 12 questions I normally ask sellers. Um, but like, if you don't ask these questions, then there's really not as much commitment on the seller side from you. And the perfect example for this is I, you know, like when people go shopping for big items, they really don't want to talk to more than three people. Um, especially if the three people that they've talked to are experienced and have asked them these motivating questions because they feel almost like it's repetitive. They don't want to do it time. Like, there's no point in me talking to this fourth agent. Matt already knows everything. Why the heck would I talk to this agent, right? So like, that's where people like, oh, well, if I just do these automations in place, uh, there's other agents out there doing it as well. Yes, that's the case. But the other agents, there may not be any commitment from the seller side because they may not have asked the questions to actually show commitment. And the example I was going to get to was I was shopping for, you know, this is the one thing that happened to me last month that just blew my mind. I, I didn't ever thought about it this way, but I was shopping for windows recently for some of the renovations projects I got going on. And, you know, I went on Google, opted in my name and number to a bunch of free estimates. Yep. And literally it was the first three people that got a hold of me 
ask me the right questions. I did not care about anyone else that called afterwards because they literally asked me like 10 to 20 different questions and I didn't want to commit any more time to that. Same exact thing that I look back now when I went car shopping. I only went to like two or three dealerships yeah. and it was enough car salesmen for me to decide like, all right, I'm just going to go back to this dealership, see if they have anything. And it's the same thing for agents that's out there. Like the seller that is going to more than likely answer your questions or they're committing time to you, chances are pretty high that they're not going to want to do that with the third or fourth agent, fifth agent, regardless of how experienced that agent might be, because it's, it's a matter of like, oh, this is like, I already answered all this to Matt. He, Matt knows everything. Why would I, you know, he already knows everything. I don't want to have to repeat myself. I got an agent. That's usually when you get that response. Yep. I've got an agent. And then if, and I know that the other agent probably did the right thing. If I ask them the next question that I usually ask when someone tells me, they got, is that like a family friend or is like, is that someone, you know, personally? And if they tell me, no, that tells me it's another cold caller that literally did an amazing job of getting the seller to commit to them. And they're providing value. It's as simple as that. Yep. So. I mean, you, you hit it. I mean, you nailed it. It's like, you got to know motivation. You've got to know, you, you've got to understand the reason why they're doing what they're doing. You yeah. Know, selling a house, a property is a big deal. You know, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of pain that goes involved when you sell a house, you know, getting it listed, getting it clean, keeping it clean, having random people walk through your house at all times of the day, dealing with real estate agents, getting offers, negotiating repairs, doing repairs, moving, you know, all these things is not fun. Nope. So for, for someone to sell their house or a property, um, you know, if it's investment property, does it got tenants, you know, they've got to deal with the tenants. I don't want my tenants to leave because I want money coming in because I need money coming in from that property to sales. Like there's, there's a lot of pain. Now, now, if you if they don't have any pain or motivation, then they generally are not going to do what it takes to actually sell the property. Um, That's so and, true, man. Yep. Very true. Yep. Very true. And if they I, don't want to answer your questions about, you know, why are they thinking about selling? How much do they think, you know, the property's worth? You know, what are you thinking price-wise? You know, uh, what's got you thinking about moving? These are simple questions. What are you trying to do with the sale of this property? If they won't answer that, then they're probably not very serious about selling any, anyways. Yeah. yeah, that's very true, man. You know? Yeah. So it's to like this understanding, like, like the serious person wants you to know all the details so you can come prepared to advise them the best way possible to move forward. You know, whether whatever they're looking for, whether that's a cash offer, whether that's, um, you know, a renovate the sold, help them renovate the house, you know, to flip it together or to, just put it on the market as is, sold it as is on the market versus doing renovations or them cleaning it up and selling it for the most amount of money. You know, if you don't know what their goals are and what they're really trying to do, you can't advise them best. You're just, you're just going there and what's best, uh, your best agenda to tell them what you think is best for them when you don't know what's actually going on. Um, yeah. So that's what I've found is the motivated people, the people who really want to do something will, will generally, they want you to know what's going on what they're trying to yeah. do and, yeah. and, and to be a professional, just like when you go to a doctor or a lawyer, you know, what are they doing? Asking you questions and what's going on. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny, Matt, because it's uh, that's another stage that I think you go through as a realtor when you realize like, cause you know, everyone, especially when you're brand new, you're trying to get a deal going, you'll take anything that's out there. Right. Yep. Like for me, my first deal was an hour away, a hundred thousand dollar listing. And it was literally me telling them, cause I was brand new in the state. I was like, just give me a shot. 
Yeah. Right? What do you have to, I was like, just give me a shot. What do you have to lose? Right. But like I went through a stage even with the motivating aspect, because once you actually start getting deals and you start running into people that like, I just want to list it, see what happens. Yep. <laughs> and, and there's no motivation. Like even if a deal goes under contract, that deal has a chance of still dying because of the motivation. This oh, happened to me even as an experienced agent back in October, November. And, you know, for me, I should have seen all the red flags, um, but the seller eventually, like he came to an agreement that he'll do a price reduction if we couldn't get it sold. And he, he did a price reduction once and then he never, like it wasn't one that I recommended and then he, he wouldn't do it again, ever again. And then we eventually went on the contract, but like during the home inspection negotiations, there were, there were reasonable items that were super easy to do. Like, Hey, I do no repairs though. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so like, so like it was, dude, it wasn't even, it was the craziest thing ever because he's the treasurer of the association board and all the buyer wanted to do, who was also the buyer agent. All the buyer agent wanted was something in writing from the condo association that the chimney that's falling apart, that's falling away from the house will be taken care of by the condo. And the guy wouldn't do it. And the buyer agent rightfully so. And I was like, I don't blame you. The buyer was like, screw this guy. Like I'm leaving. And it was a cash deal. All, like literally as is all I want is a letter from condos. And it was a matter of principle at the time for the buyer agent. And as well for me, because the seller was like, he wanted me to relist it again at a higher price. And I was like, no, of course. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good, sir. Like, I was like, you know, like I wish you the best of luck. And he is, and he ended up expiring with another agent that took it at the overpriced listing. And it was on the market for another three months and it just expired this past month. That's crazy. Imagine that. Imagine that. You yeah. know, something I always tell, um, and I learned this the hard way, and I'm sure somebody told it to me, and I was I was so full of ego and arrogance that I didn't listen to them. But they they you know, and I tell all my agents and anyone that I ever talked to that that calls a lot or or anyone that's on the listing side a lot, I tell them if it's just about the money, there's never enough amount in this world to satisfy them. Because it's yeah. going to come down to, I always want more money. You can get them whatever you've got, and then they're going to want more. Or then it's like, I'm not doing any repairs. I'm not, I'm not even calling to get a letter written. I'm not doing anything. If they want it, they can take it. If not, I'll just keep it. So it's never, if it's just about money, there's never enough money in the world to satisfy them. Yeah. And that's what I've yeah. learned the hard way. Um, yeah. But, you know, as, you, as, you, as you're in the leadership, I'm sure you laugh all the time, I, you know, as I dive into it. I look back and when I, when I'm coaching agents and they don't listen to me and I look back, I'm like, yeah, I didn't listen during that time either. <laughs> so, but it's like, you, you kind of have to learn the hard way. Cause like after it'll happen to one of the agents I'm coaching, like, you're so right. I'm like, I know, don't worry. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry. I've been there too, man. Well, I think, you know, as you go down your leadership journey, it's going to make you a better agent because it's one thing to do it. It's another thing to, to, to mentor and teach. Um, yeah. it makes you that much better and stronger at what you know and how you get better. Um, so yeah. I think the journey is going to be a good one for you and you, it's going to accelerate your career so much more versus just staying a solo agent to yourself. I think you'll, you'll see in a year from now, you'll see a big difference. Um, just how you show up, uh, and, you know, in your business and outside of your business, you know, um, to your family life and everything else, it's going to really change you a lot and help you grow as a person and, and, you know, on a personal level and a business level too. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. It's exciting. So tell us uh, one piece of advice that somebody's given you that's really changed, changed kind of changed your career. Um, there's a lot of good advices I've gotten out there, man. Uh, 
which is, well, I highly recommend out there for agents, like if you don't have a coach, definitely get a coach. Um, and, you know, some people are stuck on like going with like the brokerages that have the lower splits, all that stuff. And especially if you're a new agent, I don't think you should focus on that as much. I think you should focus on who's going to coach you and mentor you. Because yep. um, I think that's like the most important thing. Because like I said, I think I got super lucky running across Brandon stuff when I first started because that was like the perfect coach to kind of tell you like how it is, like do the work and it'll pay you back. Um, but one of the coaches that gave me advice for last year was um, pretty much my goal last year was to go on four vacations um, throughout my production. I went on five. And what I learned those five vacations was how shitty it was being a single agent um and you know and i was on vacation number two was when i started realizing i truly needed to start leveraging um as much as possible um so like throughout those five like i think three four and five was super cool smooth but like those vacations actually forced me to find out how i can get my business operate without me fully being there right like and it's a and aside from that, it was showing, like, it was a matter of, like, appreciating the things that you have around you already, right? Like, because sometimes us agents, we get consumed in our work, right? Because it's just, you're going out doing showings, uh, you know, getting listings, all that. But, like, the you know, people forget about the important reasons sometimes on, like, why they got into the industry. Like, for me, my why was so that I could, grow, you know, support my wife, have a big family, right? Support my family members, all that. and And it's, like, to the point where when you start getting into production life, because you get so busy, it's like you, all the stuff that you were in originally for, you don't even have the time for it because you're worried about setting it aside. So last year I forced myself to go on these vacations um, and it made a big difference to me. So like I operate now um, the one, so I don't know if you read this book, 12 week year. Yep. So 12 week years where, you know, the coach gave me, he told me to read that in like the 12 week year that I, I operate my business that way now. So I know come the end of March, um, March, April, around the time where, so I bought Airbnbs around me. So I'm actually doing little staycations. So I'm going to go on vacations, but it's going to be in the area, enjoying nice. myself, right? And then getting back to work again. And then I'm going to go on two vacations out of state, two vacations within the area. Nice. Nice. So like to my advice out there, it sounds crazy, but if you're a, even a newer agent, I think it makes sense for you to operate this way. Um, even if you're not going on away, right? I do think it, like for how hard we work, especially if you're going to be prospecting a minimum of three hours a day. And if you're not an, on an appointment, you're looking for more appointments. I mean, that you probably could be on the phone for like six to eight hours that entire day if you're a brand new agent. I think it makes sense for that new agent to take that break at the end of that three months of you hustling for at least just a one week staycation if you don't have the money to, just to clear your head because you will get burnt out. Yep. Um, I, I mean, just from, at least I, at least for me, I think if I, if I force myself to go away on those vacations here and there, like my first year, it would allow me, because the reality is I, I'm cranking. I'm like, I'm going full force three months and I'm taking a break. Yep. So this isn't like taking your foot off the gas necessarily. This is literally going all in and then taking a quick break. And in between that break, you could kind of figure out how to get your business to start working without you. Cause that's the one thing that I wish I started my first year was automatically start thinking, how can I get myself out of this business slowly, but more like when I go away, how can I get it so I can actually enjoy my vacations? Yep. 
Yeah. So that's the one, one advice, obviously work hard, like working hard is for sure. Like don't do this if you're not going to work hard, right? Like I'm, I'm busting my ass for the next three months until I go away on that vacation. Have you ever read Traction? I have. Um, so I haven't finished it yet. That's actually one of the books that's on my list that I just started. You know, and they so, talk about like, you know, taking every 90 days, taking, taking the offsite break, you know, yeah. you can kind of, yeah. yeah, you know, and that's what you're doing really. You're stepping back, taking a break, kind of to recharge and then kind of looking at your business as a whole and say, okay, where are the, uh, my blind spots in my business that, that I need to add leverage to so I can really grow. Um, I think like you said earlier, you said, you know, a lot of like a hundred percent commission a lot of people focus on that 100 commission but 100 percent of, of no deals is no money yeah. uh, what's more important uh doing deals and having right money there. come in or, or, or trying to get rich off of one deal and i, I think yeah. too many agents are trying to get rich off of one deal and, and afraid to do the work yeah i mean i know an agent right now that was going to join exp under me um and it's actually great that he chose like because now i know the mindset of that agent really mm -hmm. right but he went with the hundred percent. Well, actually, so his brokerage was doing a 70, 30 split and he went back to his brokerage telling him he's going to, he's thinking about joining EXP yep. and then they switched them automatically to hundred percent, but he was only close to 12 deals. Yeah. And he came to me trying to figure out how to close more deals. And, you know, it, it worked out perfect because now I know the mentality of that agent. Yep. Cause I'm, I, the, the thing I told him, like, no worries, man. I'm, but I'm like, Hey, just something for you to consider. You come to me about how you can close more deals what is 100% going to do in regards to closing more deals? Nothing. Right? Nothing. I'm like, they're not- Probably close less deals. Most people close less deals there, you know? Yeah, yeah, because now they're getting a bigger commission aspect. Well, the environment, you know, this, you know- That's the thing. The environment, environment needs everything. It, yeah. Like, you want to be retired by 35. I want to be retired by 45, you yeah. know? Um, to get to that, you're going to have to push and get around and think at a different level. You know, for me, I, I started to get obsessed, and we talked a little bit earlier about- you know, not my, you know, gross number of revenue, not my profit number of revenue, none of that, you know, it's, I still look at profit because it's, it's the only thing that matters in your business. Your revenue is, is, doesn't mean crap. It's just your profit. Oh, yeah. It's the only thing that matters, but I really, really started concentrating because I can grow my revenue and I can grow my profit to a certain amount, but at some point, you know, if it's, if it's dependent on me, I can only grow it so high because there's only seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know, there's a cap and a ceiling on yeah. what I can do. Um, now I can move to a different market and, and get in a better price point and do things like that to try to generate. But at some point, it's going to always be a ceiling right there. So I really got focused on, you know, what is my dollar per hour? So, and really got focused on, I'm not going to work any more hours. I'm always going to look at this number and try to increase this number. And how can I increase this number? Who do I, who do I need to put in position what do they need to do um, so I can increase this number? That's from Traction 2 that you started? Well, that's a book called um, Who Not How by um, oh. Dan Sullivan. Oh, okay. So, oh, so it's not the same book as Who by Randy Street? Nope. It's a Who Not oh, How gotcha. by Dan Sullivan. Uh, gotcha. Dan Sullivan's a business consultant, but he talks about like, you should ask yourself not how should I do, how am I going to do this, but who, yeah. who, who can help me do this? And, and then how you can really scale and grow. And like you talked about teams, a lot of people think a teams has to be agents, but teams can also be like your administrative support. Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. back end could be your team. Uh, yeah. And they take everything off your plates up for, you know, like maybe the big three, you know, uh, prospecting, negotiating, presenting, you know, they take, and that's the only thing you're doing. 
Um, and then they're handling everything else. Or you can go the team route. I mean, there's there's a great thing about this business. There's so many ways you can do it. Money, yeah. <laughs> and be super successful, you know. Um, it's kind of up to you and kind of how you want to do it. Um, but that's, you know, that for me, I, I really concentrate. And, and when I got clear on what I really wanted out of business and in my life, what my life to look like, I concentrate on that number. And I don't worry about um, anything else. Like, like if I make uh, 15 grand off this one deal versus making five, you know, I'd rather take, I, I, like I tell people, I'd rather have 10% of 10 companies, you know, and where I don't really have to do anything sub sub cut checks versus and have a hundred percent of one thing but it depends on me to do everything yeah you know? no you're you're right on that man especially if, like that's one of the things why i started doing because i don't have kids yet but we're working on it right mm -hmm. and right away i'm thinking like all right i want to have time with my kid mm -hmm. um and with this business if you're in production doing on just some deals a year like there's no way even like even a 50 to 100 gets a little hectic um, yep. if you don't have the right systems in place Yep. So that's what I'm working on right now. I was like, hey, how can I literally leverage same, so where I can work more efficiently, essentially? Yep. Other advice, too, I would give to agents out there, like, focus is so key in this business. Like, if you have, like, the, you need to have intentions on getting deals going. Like, to, to give you a perfect example, I mean, I just had an agent. Um, unfortunately, I you know, ran into him too late, but he's been in the business for three years, working buyer side, right? He came to me, he wants to work listing side. Um, and three years in, and one of the first thing I told him is like, look, you need to be fully committed. Yep. And we determine what his goals are and how many hours he needed to prospect a day. And you know how it can be, you know, certain people aren't made for it. Yep. And, but like the reality is everyone, right? But it's like a matter of the discipline and, matter of doing it consistently even though you don't feel like doing it right that's like the one thing i think me and you got lucky from with the marine corps because we did shit that sucked all the time yep. um you know it's like loving the suck that's what we talked about in the marine corps like just loving the suck and with this guy you know that was coaching him he came to me in november uh we started pro you know we started working together and he finally he gave in uh a week ago to just all out of just completely being out of the real estate industry altogether right um, but it's interesting because, uh, like, his first year, he did, like, 10-some deals. The second year, he did 19 deals, which is good, yep. which is good. And it's all buyer side. He wanted to do listings. Um, and one of the things is, he, so he started November, and literally it's from November to last week when he fully gave up, he already had one listing. Um, it was literally from, pro, you know, things that we've talked about, prospecting. But what, what, um, what I come to find out was I, I knew that he wasn't fully committed. And I didn't know exactly what it was just yet. But once he finally said, I'm giving up, like, I'm, I think, you know, this industry has been burning me out for too long. And the reason why I say I caught him too late is because, like, I, like his first two years obviously burnt him out and stress level got to really high from, you know, that, even though he was improving all the time. Um, what I've come to find out, I just simply asked him, like, all right, I got you. Well, what are you going to do now instead of real estate? And literally what he told me was, um, it's, it's unfortunate because he's a really good guy. And I think our industry needs more good people, like mm -hmm. honest, good people. What he told me was that he's been doing copywriting on the side for a while and right away. To me, I'm like, cause you know, it's like, if you put all that time, like whatever extra time that you were putting in on copywriting, are you familiar with copywriting at yep. all? Yep. It's time consuming. Super. It's, it's time consuming. Up. Especially so like when you go into like Dan Kennedy copywriting, you know, yep. direct, direct messaging. 
Yeah, it's time consuming. It's time consuming. And right away, I'm just thinking, it's like, man, like, fuck, like, excuse me, like, damn, I wish I caught this agent sooner because it's a matter of like someone just simply being there for him at that time. He's like, dude, you got to cut out all that nonsense outside of real estate. It's either you're fully in it or you're not because the time that you could, you could have put in to like the outside of copyright, you could have been doing real estate activity during that time and not getting paid for it, but like you get the money eventually. Right. So it's like that he was looking more at that now money from copywriting. And that's unfortunately that's the path he's going to go down. Who, Who knows? I hope it works out well, but I just think that, there was just so much potential especially from prospecting from november to literally you know he just gave up last week and it's like dude like that's two and a half months and you already got one listing and there was a good amount in the pipeline now just imagine if i would have caught him a year ago when he first started in the career and constantly doing it cutting out all everything else like you just need to for any agent out there the best thing is like you need to be intentional with your time and you got to be all in you can't like I was like, you can't get to a successful level like where Matt or I or any other agents out there are at without being all in. Yep. I don't know, like any top agent that I know, I don't know any other top agent that's not all in. Like li- li- literally, like I, I don't like, cause I want to get to hundred plus deals. Like I need to be all in. And that's one thing that I wasn't all in on last year. And some may even say I'm not even fully all in right now because I'm taking on agents to coach and whatnot. But that's another like ambition that I started getting in me to help out other agents, right? So, but yeah, you, you guys need to be very intentional with your time and super focused. You can't have one foot in the door and one foot out. Like that's what I did my first year, just literally when I, I went all in. It was just either real estate or nothing. And when it comes down to it, when your back is up against the wall, like there's like, I'm not quitting. <laughs> like I'm not quitting, man. It took me three months to get my first listing. Second, uh, that, that month after it was dry and then all of a sudden snowball effect, just going. So, but it all came with, because I was fully focused. And even though I had, you know, it just, it's, you just have to be fully focused. Like it's, that's as simple as that. Yeah. I think, you know, like you said, you got to be intentional. You got to be intentional to get listings. You got to be intentional, you know, to be a top real estate agent. You got to be intentional uh, if you want to make, you know, money, if real money, you got to be intentional. If you want to get into a real estate investment, investing you know you've got to be intentional about if you want to grow a business um versus having a job you know you really really have to be intentional on these things and you have to focus on what it's going to take because none of it's going to be easy you know if if selling real estate was like most of people think extremely easy at a high level you know we would all be millionaires uh it's not um that's why the the failure rate's so high is because people get in and they don't uh like we like to say burn the boats you know um, in the personal development world, you know, they, and they're not intentional about what they do. They just kind of show uh, up and, and hope something's going to happen. And they're not intentional about their day. You know, well, they let, they let the whirlwind of the day take everything away from them, from the, from the one or two activities that drive their business forward and what they should be doing. They do everything else that doesn't have no effect on their business. Yeah. Know, like, so you should ask yourself, you know, if you're struggling, you know, the, the one, one and only question she asked is like, what should I be doing today? That that's the only thing I could do today is going to move my business forward. Yeah. And then do that thing and do yeah. that thing a lot and do it. It's going to take more effort than what you, you believe uh, that it's going to take. But you ever, um, yeah, you were saying, I said, that's, you know, you should be pushing for that, you know, to drive your yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you ever read the book, uh, the slight edge at all? Yep. 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like, so this business is funny because it's like, it's hard, but it's not hard. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I, I, I always say like, it's super easy to do, but it's also super easy not to do. Like, and you know, like, cause people are scared of the phones and don't get, don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's uncomfortable, like at first, but like eventually you get into the swing of things. Um, even me, like I'm still doing it, even though like I don't truly enjoy cold calling. Right. Like, it's just a matter of doing it. And honestly, like now, like I've seen, I've converted like almost all, all sorts of lead sources. Like I have, uh, you know, I use CSU to track my closings and I even have one labeled random conversation by listing. Like yeah. I've, I've closed one of those. Yeah. I've closed, I've closed yard signs. I've closed Facebook ads. I've closed Instagram ads. I've closed YouTube um, leads. And what I've come to find, everything works. It's yeah. a matter of doing it consistently, but also a matter of thinking where you're at in the stage of your business. Because yeah. the part where I see agents go wrong as well is, they find this shiny object on how to start closing deals using social media, um, paid advertisement, yep. but they don't think about it as the longevity. It, you don't just start running Facebook ads and you close a deal the next month. Yep. It's going to take you a solid three to six months, just like how it would take prospecting. Yep. So like for me, I decided to go prospecting because I didn't want, I didn't have the money, but I had the time. Yep. Right. So you got to determine, do you have the time or do you have the money? Like if you got the money, sure, use the money, but then also use the time as well to let like to really get a lot of out of it. Yep. So like now I'm at the point where I'm starting to leverage my money as well to my business, but I'm still doing, you know, giving away my time too. Um, but yeah, like everything works. And it's like it's super easy to do, but not to do as well. So yeah. just you just have to be realistic and know where you're at in the business. Like I see too many agents jump in the business, they start running Facebook ads. Little do they know it takes about like literally about $3,000 plus to get an ROI out of Facebook ads. Um, at least that's from what I've seen from my conversion. But, you know, I, again, I don't go after buyer leads all the time. Um, so, but I have, I have converted the leads that I've spent for it because I didn't want to go to waste on the money that I spent. So to make it happen. No, yeah, exactly. You no, know, like you said, everything does work. Um, it, it all depends on you and your effort and energy you put into it, your yeah. strategy, but you know, on what level of um, conversion you can say, on the strategy yeah. you put behind it, um, you know, real estate agents get in and they, they figure out they can run Facebook marketing, you know, ads, but they have no idea about marketing in general. Like they just put yeah. their picture up there and say, think about buying, selling, you know, <laughs> call me. You know, you only see about 15 of them a day on the billboards and everything else. You're not giving people a reason to call you. Yeah. I remember the, uh, um, uh, People do business because they they they're in need of something, you know. They necessarily don't want you as the agent. They want you know the end goal, which is the house or their house sold, you know. So give them a reason to call you, versus that no one else is doing. You know, they teach that in you know marketing your USP, unique selling proposition. You know yeah. what's what's different from you than everyone else. Um, you know why they should the consumer do business with you. So give them a reason to do business with you. Um, and it's a um. The slide edges. I mean, that book is so powerful. That and the compound yeah, it is, effect. It, that, that, that was life changing for me. It's it's. I like yeah. I like the slide edge. A lot of people talk about the compound effect, but I like the slide edge a lot better. I like it better too. I read both. I like the yep. slide edge. Or something with that book stuck to. But I think it depends on the personality. Maybe personality. that book stuck on me more. And I know other people that like the compound effect more. Mm -hmm. and, and like and like it says, like you said, it's like it's. Uh, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never staying the same. Yep. You know. The things are easy to do, but they're also easy not to do every day. And that either makes you better every day or worse every day. 
So, yeah. I mean, and that's how you should live life. And then when it comes down to it, you just do the activity that's going to drive your business forward. You know, whether that's calling Facebook leads, whether that's going to Kroger and freaking talking to everyone in Kroger that you know. And really in this business, it comes down to conversations, quality conversations. And in the end, everything's trackable. So you know exactly how much you need to do, what you need to do, you know, to drive your business forward. Yeah. A lot of times you, know what I, you know what I love about this business, man? Uh, one thing, I'll, you know, I'll finish off here and then we'll get going. Um, but, the, you know, the one thing that most people don't know about me. So I, I came to this country as an immigrant. Um, I love the U.S. Over, you know, in general, people can say whatever they want. It's not perfect, but it's much better than where I came from. Yeah. Um, but one thing I love about this business, too, man, is taking my my life to the, the whole next level and setting up my generations and generations. Because I'm a first generation immigrant, moved here when I was eight years old. Um, you know, my, my mom was a single mother. I never met my dad because he passed away, unfortunately, before I could meet him. But, you know, he was a deadbeat alcoholic anyways. Um, but, you know, we grew up poor. It was me, my mom, my single mom, and three of my brothers. And, you know, grew up in Queens, New York. And little raggedy apartment, two, two, you know, two-bedroom apartment. And it was rats, roaches, all that. Um, and now, you know, this business, like before I got into the business, I was in the IT industry making $62,000 a year. Right. And then the GCI that I'm at now is close to 600,000. And it was, this was all within literally two, two and a half years. And my message for everyone out there, like anything is possible, especially if you put your mind to it, especially people that have had their cards stacked against their, their entire life. And I used to grow up thinking about all the flaws in my life. Right. And it was like, but this was before I got into the industry. Now I look at it, it's like a blessing for me because the way I look, I, like, I don't know if I would have the hard work ethic that I have now, if I didn't go like come from that lifestyle, right? Like it was, I was from the third world country. It still is a third world country. So it's like from, and I think for others out there that may be in the same shoes, whether you're an immigrant with no one nearby, or, you know, even myself where I knew no one in the state, right? You could still do it. Um, you don't have to have any connection. It's literally going to take hard work, consistency, and just keep improving every single day. Like it's as simple as that guys, like it, you don't have to, it, it doesn't, that's the one thing I love about real estate is like, I, I honestly truly believe that almost anybody, regardless of where you're at in your life, you can literally get into this business and you can just start going at it the proper way, prospect and building relationships and you can create and change your entire life. Like it's done for me. And it's also like my, my, I have another brother who's also a realtor in New York. We became realtors same time. And it's not a coincidence in my, in my opinion, because he's a top agent in New York as well. And I'm a top agent in Virginia. And I, I and we talk about it. It's like, we grew up literally the, it's like it was the characters that we had, the values that we have literally the exact same and completely two different markets started the same exact time. You know, one in the industry and it's like, we're both crushing it. Yep. So like, to me, I think it's literally all about the, the, the hard work ethic and being super consistent. So anyone that's out there and obviously improving on your skills. So anyone that's out there, just know, like you can get it done. It's just a matter of sending your mind to it and just being consistent with it and just on, just improving on a daily basis. Cause there is on a daily basis, you're going to feel like you have so much work left to do regardless of where you're at. You just, it's yeah. never going to be fully complete, but at least you got something done for that day and you're moving the needle, move, you know, moving the needle forward. That's it. One step at a time. Um, yes, I know sir. you got to go. You made me think of the the saying, "Without without no struggle, there is no reward." Um, yeah, man. I mean, so yeah. That's, that's powerful stuff, man. Tell everyone how they can get a hold to you if they want to contact you. Um, I know you're with EXP. If they want to 
join EXP, uh, talk to you about what that looks like. Um, tell us how we can get a hold to you. Or if we just want to follow you to, to be a part yeah. of your journey, um, just to say we have a little part of it, just watching it, watching you grow. Um, yeah, sounds good, man. That's uh, one thing I'm doing this year as well, putting out more content out there for all the agents. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, under uh, at Tain Loire, T-E-I-N-H-L-W-A, at Tain Loire, T-E-I-N-H-L-W-A. Um, you can find me on my YouTube channel as well, uh, Tain Loire. Uh, T-I-N-H-L-W-A. I'm not at a thousand subscribers yet. So I think that, you know, you may have to do a little searching for mm -hmm. it, but no one else really has that name. Um, but yeah, that's how you can find me. Feel free to reach out. Um, one thing for the agents that are watching this, thinking about EXP, um, I will give you a heads up. I don't recruit everybody. Um, I have an interview process for who I want to be around in my circle that are truly coachable, can be held accountable. Um, so don't, you know, don't get your feelings hurt if it doesn't work out, but feel free to reach out. We can chat, see if we can collaborate somehow one way or another. Um, but that's how my process is. I don't bring on everybody because I want to see, I, I think that the quality, I believe in the quality over the quantity aspect. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I'm, I'm always open to conversations. So feel free to reach out. Love it. Love it. I love the accountability. You look the ideal team player. Somebody's hung, uh, hungry, humble, and coachable. So yes, if that's sir. you, give them a call. Sounds good. Uh, hey, I appreciate your time today, Matt. Nice, yeah, no nice problem. time with you, Matt. Take it.